kind of talking very nostalgically about these things. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back for sure. I am. Welcome to episode 18 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing, the F is for, well, you decide. As you may be asking yourself, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, Chief Bottle Washer at Apropingo, a London-based content marketing agency and founding editor of Rockstar CMO, your monthly dose of marketing street knowledge. You can find us at rockstarcmo.com and at Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. This episode is recorded on Friday the 10th of July. I hope you've had a good week and that you are staying well, safe and sane in whatever challenge 2020 is throwing at you. And thank you for spending some time with us here. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you are one of our regulars, thank you for your continued support. I seem to have found a groove with this thing, so I'll stick to the script first. I'll flick through the virtual pages of Rockstar CMO and suggest an article I'd like you to take a look at. In the interview section, I chat to Jasmine Martirosian, VP Marketing at Tufsud Americas. And we'll retire to the virtual Rockstar CMO bar to meet Robert Rose, author, speaker, and chief troublemaker at the Content Advisory. Let's get started, shall we? Flicking through the virtual page of Rockstar CMO right now, as we move tentatively out of lockdown, at least here in the UK, I'm drawn back to Jane Scandura's article, Managing the Shift from FOMO, Fear of Missing Out, to FOGO, Fear of Going Out. Regular listeners might remember me chatting to Jane last month. She's a marketing expert and coach based in New York, and we touched on this article in a really fun conversation that she wrote back in May. The reason why I'm revisiting it here is that we're seeing this now playing out as lockdown eases. There is a tension in our societies between the fear of missing out and the fear of going out as we all take a personal view of the risks outside our front door versus you know, our own lifestyle and how we want to live. I've seen many social posts showing empty offices. It seems people are not returning. And apart from some well-publicized exceptions here in the UK, even with the opening of the pubs, it's been clear that for some, FOGO is beating FOMO. Why is this important to marketers? Well, we're in the business of building trust. And right now we have a delicate balancing act doing that. In many industries, we need people to overcome their fear of going out. But we need to be mindful of the science and more importantly, how our audience feels about that. And this varies hugely from place to place and person to person. And of course, as leaders, we have our people to think about. Anyway, it's a wonderful personal article and well worth a read. I especially relate to the challenge for us that wear glasses that masks bring as they get steamed up and you can't see. But uh, there's way more to this article than that. And you can find it on our homepage under the top 10 section at rockstarcmo.com. All right, on with the interview. This week, I am chatting to Jasmine Martirosian, the Vice President of Marketing at Tufsud Americas. You may never have heard of Tufsud, but they're a huge global organization based out of Germany that focuses on testing. Of course, in the interview, Jasmine does a way better job of describing that than I just did. Jasmine is responsible for all areas and aspects of marketing in the region, from strategy to implementation, with focus on the United States, Canada, Mexico, and Brazil. 
Prior to this, Jasmine was the Vice President of Marketing at TTA, the Training Associates. Jasmine is a regular contributor to Rockstar CMO since we went backstage with her last year, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. I very much enjoyed her virtual company. Welcome, Jasmine, to Rockstar CMO FM. Thank you, and it's a joy to be with you now. Yeah, no, we've um, we've been talking sort of, I, I called it social media distancing. We've been collaborating on email and social media for a while, and it's the first time we've chatted. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Likewise, it's the new world, right, in it, so many it, ways. It is, it is. So um, for people that um, perhaps uh, aren't aware of uh, your writing for us on, on Rockstar CMO, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, presently, I am the Vice President of Marketing for Tuvzud Americas. Tuvzud is a, a German organization that is a global leader in testing, inspection, and certification. So pretty much from all the technology we use around us, from major industrial equipment to our clothing, to food, to bridges, everything needs to be tested to ensure mm-hmm. that they meet certain safety standards, certain regulatory standards. Uh, new equipment, say medical technology, needs to undergo certain inspections and be fit to be sold in different jurisdictions in different countries, so global market entry. TubeZoot is a leader in all those areas and it really does critical work to make the world a safer place. Yeah, and I was amazed when we did the backstage Q&A. It's a huge organization, isn't it? It's a gigantic organization equivalent to almost 2.8 billion in uh, US dollars in annual revenue. Uh, it has over a thousand locations around the world. It has over 25,000 employees and it's really, uh, you know, leaving its very positive imprint on the world. Even the cable car, say, in Hong Kong that goes to Lantau Island mm-hmm. is uh, inspected by Tuzut folks. Uh, wow. wow, that's 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 quite a thing. Um, so, so that's a little bit about yourself and a bit about um, what Tuzut, I need to get that pronunciation right. <laughs> it's the umlaut on the U's, isn't it? Yeah, well, luckily, I guess I spent a bit of time in Germany. Um, but um, 2020, I mean, I've talked to all our guests about this um, because it just so happens to be when we started the podcast. As it's dealt us all quite a hand as marketers, hasn't it, this year? Um, how, have you and your te- how are you and your team doing? Thank you. Thanks for asking. Um, Thankfully, we are an essential organization. So our organization has operated nonstop. We were at the forefront of enabling those that could work from home to work from home and at the same time making our labs and uh, our field work as safe as humanly possible to help others as well to uh, function as normally as possible. So uh, that's been a huge positive. And uh, the leadership has done an impressive job of ensuring the safety of all people. We have put in new systems in place in in terms of communicating with people. We've done online uh, town halls. We have done online uh, connect ups. And it's amazing. I myself have met people that I otherwise might not have met probably for months or years, and you establish relationships that way as well. So we've tried to look at the positive, possible positives all all along. At the same time, our marketing team has had to adjust quite a bit. Thankfully, everybody has been able to work from home. Uh, 
Uh, we've put new systems in place. I uh, introduced daily uh, stand-up calls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a very interesting way, there's greater connectedness. The marketing yeah. team is already a distributed team. We're not all in one location. So by everybody being kind of, there's an equi- kind of equilibrium where everybody mm. is at the same uh, remoteness, yet very connected. In fact, we do more conversations like one-on-one among teams. There's more collaboration. Everybody has had to like really rise up and do things differently to adjust. And I think because everybody's trying to help not just the company, the economy and humanity, like you mm. need to bring you, this is an unprecedented time in all of our lifetimes. Seriously, mm. nothing yeah, this well. Has- no, and I think I think that's been the amazing thing, hasn't it, with these remote calls and stuff? Is some, something that unites us all across across our businesses or across our conversations. You you can start a conversation with a stranger so easily right now, can't you? It, it, exactly. Well, we're. I mean, I cannot recall a time where we're all going through the same pain. Mm-hmm. At such a deep level, yeah. the isolation yeah. affects everybody. The yeah. kind of the emotional abyss that so many people go through affects everybody. There is more tolerance yeah. with people being interrupted by babies, you know, <laughs> more than ever, and it's yeah. it, it's yeah. really humanized the whole experience. Yeah, really yeah, not previously possible. Yeah, we had to adjust our marketing tactics, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've had to innovate. We've had to come up with relevant content. We did our, uh, you know, 12 steps to keep coronavirus at bay infographic, which has mm-hmm. been wildly popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really did that, that to do the right thing. But what's interesting, it's get, gotten so many downloads and so many shares. Even different organizations have come up and said, could we use them? And we're like, yes, absolutely. Because oh, excellent. Thing to do. Right. Uh, we also did a piece on professional pooches. Uh, we, you know, because people are now spending so much time with their furry companions, <laughs> yeah. we developed pieces and personalities and stories. And that got so much positive outpouring mm-hmm. from the employees to, again, to connect them to, you know, see, to humanize this whole yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to um, share me, share with me the links to those things. I'll put them in the show notes. They sound great because one of them sounds very entertaining. The other one sounds incredibly useful. I, and I think I think it's up for the listeners to decide which one's which. <laughs> the, the pooch one is really useful. Um, you've, um, uh, you're based in Boston, correct? Yes. That, that's where you're talking to me from right now. And I was looking through, I mean, obviously we've been back, did the backstage Q&A and I know a little bit about your career, but I was look, obviously doing my research before we chatted. You've had quite um, quite a long and splendid marketing career. What what inspired you to get into marketing? Are you Were you a marketer from the beginning? That's a really good question. Uh, prior to my, um, when I did my PhD work, I was also teaching at the university, which is, I love doing that. Uh, I was teaching Lots of different courses, uh, including social psychology, sociology of business, sociology of the family. Uh, so that's, I'm hugely passionate about that as well. But when you think about marketing, is also teaching because if you're doing the job right, you create educational content that's of value to people. I mean, the old fashioned chest thumping, you know, we do this, come to us, just really doesn't work or resonate with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed marketing, you know, it's not as if there was this like thunderstrike moment where I knew I have had to do that. But you know, when you look at marketing, it has a lot of 
um, the components of items that I'm totally passionate about. It's from storytelling to really connecting to people, to educating, to bringing value to the marketplace. And the irony of ironies is I found a strong, let's see, it's called strong interest inventory. It's a test that I took back in the 90s that predicted wow. that one of my best uh, options in terms of career would be a marketing executive. Guess what? I actually really set that aside yeah. and I did not maybe pay that much attention to it. But when I look back throughout my life, I've been doing things that I'm strongest at. And I'm also yeah. a huge believer in working from strengths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've um, Actually, we've had uh, a guest on... I think last week that was talking about having done one of those tests and they, and that told her she needed to be a marketer as well. And I think, and, and similar thing, like put it to one side and then discovered the, 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 that it was actually fateful and that's what that, that she'd actually done. Um, and, and then what I like when, when we talk, when we do the backstage Q and A, we talk about what people should look for in their, in their new marketing gigs. And we call it the rider. So what, what would be on somebody's rider if they're looking at a new marketing gig? And when I reflected back on your Q&A, I really like what you put. You put people, people, people. And in particular, you mentioned uh, your boss. Um, tell us a bit about why that's so important to you when you're looking at a new marketing role. So I still stand by that writer, people, people, people. And uh, I'm, I also stand by mentioning the boss. Because frankly, um, you can be the most talented person. You can have the best ideas if you do not have the right executive support. Mm-hmm you're not going to accomplish too, too much. And yeah. it's always a team effort. And, uh, you know, you're on two teams. As a marketing leader, you're on the leadership team and you're yeah. also on the marketing team, right? Yeah. So you need to have the right synergy on both. And it's extremely important. Um, I'm lucky that I report to John Tesoro, who actually is a huge believer in marketing. Mm-hmm. And in any instance, when you have a good boss, that ends up having the effect of clearing the runways for yeah. takeoffs and landings. And yeah. that cannot ever be taken for granted or underappreciated. And frankly, I try to do the same on the marketing team as well to give people room to experiment without fear, to mm-hmm. sprout their wings and fly and take off and do new, you know new initiatives, new ideas. I mean, how, how do you grow? Uh, if you push for perfectionism all the time, then you have not. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So you, you create a supportive environment for, to um, fail. Well, the popular topic is fail fast now, isn't it? That, exactly. That's, that's but you have it. to have that. Otherwise you're not going to do new things. You're not going to innovate. It mm-hmm. requires trust and belief and, uh, kind of adventurousness in experimenting. You always, you always look, what's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah, yeah. That little sandbox for trying new things, extremely yeah. important. At the same time, um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing one of those Zoom meetings with other marketing executives because I always try to stay current mm-hmm. and connected. And, <laughs> yeah. and what, what's interesting, people were talking about their pain points. And the number one pain point that they had is that they had to make a case to communicate the value of marketing to their bosses and to their leadership teams. Wow. 
that was very striking for me to hear. Yeah, yeah. And I felt really yeah. blessed that, you know, John Tesoro is already a believer. That makes mm -hmm. a world of difference. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is the challenge for marketers? And why do you think there is that disconnect between many leaders and the marketing teams? I mean, we hear it referenced all the time that, you know, marketing is often just considered the coloring in department or the, you know, the people with the crayons. It's um, um, <laughs> and, and, and also sometimes just seen as a tax on business. It's not seen as a, an area of investment. So what advice were you giving to those other executives as they were trying to make that case? It means the executives uh, are not fully doing their part to communicate the value of what they're doing. It's mm -hmm. also about the ROI. I mean, mm -hmm. nowadays with the right technologies, you know, we're talking about revenue marketing and agile mm -hmm. marketing, meaning mm -hmm. you have to show your impact on revenue. If yeah. you're not able to show your impact on revenue, you'll be in, a, in very dire straits. Yeah. Marketing is not, is just, okay, let, let's go place an ad. That's like, so, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 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 century to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that, that's a topic we often touch on here on the podcast is that if you as a marketer don't focus on the metrics of the C-suite, they're going to go looking for the chief growth officer, right? Because the chief growth officer uh, is a marketer that's focused on revenue, as far as I can tell anyway. So and that's why I think we've seen the rise of that role in organizations, right? And you better know data and you, you mm -hmm. better be comfortable with data and actually be yeah. discerning as well, right? Don't measure yeah. everything and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a popular refrain, isn't it? Just because you can measure something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> measure things that are actionable, that will have yeah. an impact, that you can show some difference in outcomes. Yeah. Otherwise, people very often will drown in data and not do much with it. So yeah. what's the... Yeah rationale or wisdom behind that it's about uh, and again i i can see where it can be very overwhelming to some people mm -hmm. or some people will say oh well you know i'm not into math i'm not into writing well if you're mm -hmm. not into those things you really shouldn't be in marketing either yeah 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 you genuinely should be in the coloring in department somewhere <laughs> 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 but, and that I, I like that way of putting it but <laughs> a lot of the times marketers because it seems to be a softer side of the business mm -hmm. uh remember those sears ads the so softer side uh yeah. but it's not and and if the marketers do not articulate the value they're bringing they're really mm -hmm. doing a disservice to themselves to their organizations and frankly to humanity and they will then be consistently treated like the secretarial pool i can assure you of yeah. that yeah absolutely and you just get on this sort of hamster wheel of execution of, of just being production house and not actually contributing to the strategic direction of the organization exactly and also whose yeah. strategy are you executing right yeah. really yeah. strategic identify the priorities educate the organization speak to the value of those and keep executing yeah. if you're yeah. not proactive you're not going to accomplish much by being reactive i love your coloring department <laughs> phrase because yeah. if you're reactive you shall end up as the coloring yeah. department yeah it's yeah. always somebody else's idea of the month and 
Yeah. Unfortunately, it's natural for a lot of people to think like, what does marketing do? It's so easy. I can do that thing too. Yeah. yeah but yeah. if it were that easy, the entire world would be uniformly successful and it's not. <laughs> that's true. And that actually brings us on to the theme of the next issue of Rockstar CMO that's going to come out next week, a little plug there. Um, and we're going to be talking about marketing education. There's been a lot of debate on, well, certainly that I've seen on social media and on Twitter um, from folks like Mark Ritson about the fact that that's part of the problem with our industry, that um, anybody can be a marketer and that really we should be more, we should have more of a discipline around the education that we get. Um, and and um, you wrote, you've written a wonderful piece for us, which will get published. And I'll obviously, um, uh, uh, I, I can't include a link to it in the show notes because that it will come out next week and this is coming out this week. Um, but what you did uh, mention in that, if I can give a little sneak peek, is you, you admit as a daughter of a professor, you have a slight bias. So what's your opinion about marketing education? And particularly, I mean, you must have a large team. You must be hiring people all the time. How do you, how do you view marketing it's education? True. And actually, over the past couple of years, I've hired a lot of amazing marketers because mm-hmm. uh, you, you need a critical team to achieve just about anything right yeah. um, that's critically important um and without giving away the article because we want them to go <laughs> um, i shall tell you that uh i'm actually not necessarily looking for i'm looking for somebody who is naturally gone to university has the right education but it does not have to be marketing proper education mm-hmm. And on top of that, though, I'm a huge believer in education. It's not just a degree. It's the mindset of continuous learning. Mm-hmm. In fact, what makes for really good marketers today on top of education, not only do you need to seek continuous learning because marketing is evolving at a faster pace than most That's other true. professions. Yeah. You also need to have the right attitudinal skills. It's mm-hmm. perseverance, it's persistence, it's the Kaizen philosophy, it's uh, curiosity. Actually, one of the mm-hmm. best predictors of marketing success is like how curious is the person. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's being able to draw also on disparate disciplines. It's about being Mm -hmm. non-dogmatic, open to kind of experimentation and adventure. Yeah. Those are all skills that are critical to becoming a great marketer. I mean, uh, those are attitudinal skills. The other skills can be taught. Right. And can be refined. Mm -hmm. Attitude, you know, as Herb Kelleher would say, you know, we hire for attitude, train for skill. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and I, I always found as well with my own teams that you need a blend, right? You need people that are very operational, people that are into data, people that are creative, and it's getting that mixed together, isn't it? There isn't one sort of, mar- I mean, marketing is such a broad discipline, isn't it? And there isn't like this person is a marketing expert because it's such a broad discipline. You are an expert in some part of marketing, aren't you? And people have to learn throughout, uh, you know, as they evolve. I was kind of lucky. Of course, I was, I've, I'm always open to trying new things, which probably yeah. contributed to my career path being that way. But I started in marketing and public relations yeah. and in writing content. And then yeah. um, I evolved to other parts. I'm glad to have been you know, one of the early adopters of digital yeah. content so but you need to be open and, and to me it's those attitudinal skills yeah. uh, so having a multifaceted career in marketing is really important mm-hmm. you know take and, on new challenges 
Yeah, and you, I, I've seen them actually in my career. When it comes to content marketing, people with a PR background understand the value of content. I think um, instinctively, don't they? And that, that's 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 always always good. So um, going back to the backstage, so talking about something that we have published of yours. If we go back to the backstage Q and A that we did, and um, you'll be familiar with our swimming pool feature, where we throw all the bullshit and snake oil that's accumulated around our wonderful industry no, into. <laughs> into our special portal to hell. Now, in the uh, in that particular conversation, you uh, you nominated banner ads. Um, is that you? Do you stick by that, or have you something new for us? To chuck I there? still stick by banner ads. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, thousand <laughs> percent. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it's one of those uh, things that you know you know the emperor is naked, but very few people are willing mm-hmm. to say it. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many people gazing at at the scene. Yeah, uh, I, I have another one for you to add, though. Yeah, it's the future of social media management tools that tell mm-hmm. people, okay, this tool will make your employees become very socially active, which is completely counterproductive and counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. If if the marketer is using the social media management tool to look at analytics or to schedule content ahead of time, that's all good and well. But then yeah. to try to foist it onto the universe and onto the employees in the name of making them social is yeah. completely counterproductive because yeah. then what happens, people start churning out uh, canned phrases mm. and canned mm. statements repeating yeah. itself and it becomes very, it's very inauthentic mm-hmm. and the audience completely gets that because our users are very sophisticated yeah. and it's just a waste of time. If you want your employees to be engaged on social media, by all means, try to educate them to be engaging yeah. directly with social media and again trust yeah. your smart employees to bring their good ideas and speak their use their voice yeah yeah i think it's a, and it's a highly personal thing isn't it we all have a different relationship with social media and i think it's hard for i mean uh, for us as marketers we like to think all of our employees uh, would are part of the marketing team in that respect right but it is hard to suggest to people that it's their job to always to, to, to represent the brand on social media, isn't it? Well, but, but here's the thing. Every employee is a representative of a brand in effect yeah. for any organization, every employee is both in sales and marketing. I don't mm-hmm. care what their title is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because when the marketplace has a single experience with that employee, that's bound good or bad regardless. Mm-hmm. It's bound Mm -hmm. to frame the perception of your organization so strongly that that person's buying decisions will even be affected or in the future. So everybody is in sales and marketing in that sense, for sure. And sales and marketing must collaborate very closely. But that that's beside the point. Operations is in marketing too. And now, I mean, have you heard the... Uh, metaphor of a bow tie because marketing today you know it starts with marketing funnel entry then there is the knot that sales signs the deal and then again marketing continues because you have to look at also at retention efforts yeah 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 client experience and that ties to close collaboration with operations yeah 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 and that's where you find the highly engaged employees 
a huge asset to a brand, right? And that's why some of the best brands we know are that are that way because of the the culture of their employees. They're the best ambassadors. Yeah, yeah. Southwest Airlines, right? Yeah. They they screen for uh, humor. <laughs> yeah. The ability to joke. Yeah. And which yeah. is why their flight attendants can be quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You remember flight attendants then? <laughs> so long since I've been on a plane. <laughs> I know. I think the other day I was showing my husband a picture of, you know, planes on a tarmac lined up to take off mm-hmm. and kind of talking very nostalgically about these <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be back. We'll be back for sure. I am um, confident with Shell. Yeah, that's. It's been a lovely conversation. Thank you, Jasmine. And it's been lovely to catch up with you um, verbally for the first time. That's that's really nice. Um, and apart, aside for those two articles, I'd love to share if you can send me those links. And um, where can people find you when they spin the dial on the interwebs? Well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time there connecting with people. I think is the modern day Rolodex, and it yeah. does wonders for connectedness. Uh, and also at my email, which is jasmine spelling out the last name at tuvsud dot com. Very nice. Thank you very much. And I'm sure that people will start following and, and be in touch. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll include all those links in the show notes. And uh, get to speak to you very soon. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, and it's been a pleasure too. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jasmine. I will, of course, be sharing all the links that we refer to, plus Jasmine's contact details in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. It is, again, the end of a long week. I think we all deserve a cocktail. I know I do. So where better to enjoy a Friday libation than the Rockstar CMO virtual bar for the ultimate in social distancing with no Perspex screens and no mask. It's where I think I will find my friend Robert Rose. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend. It's so, so good to see you and hear you. Um, you know, here's the thing this week, um, because uh, we are just on the heels, as it were, of the U.S. Independence Day, I'm drinking something called the Watermelon Margarita, um, which when you make it turns into a bit of a red, white and blue. Um, although, quite frankly, I'd make, rather be in France right now than the right. US. But, um, but right. um, that said, yeah, it's a muddled watermelon, a blackberry, lime, and a splash of orange juice. And, of course, a great, wonderful reposado tequila that I top it oh off. Oh, my God. That, that, that sounds great. And like I always say, I'm pretty sure, Robert, that your drinks are probably probably very healthy in actual fact with all the all the vitamins i think you would say in there with the, with the muddled stuff so anyway i'm going to give that a go as we normally yeah. do every week so um what have i got here i've got hendrix gin yeah is that good enough that's i think that's close that enough to work uh, all right and then a good slug of that do you think okay maybe a bit more uh ice did you say you, you didn't mention ice didn't you 
That's a double. That sounds like you poured there. Mm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit free with this gin, aren't I? Maybe <laughs> I just, maybe I just put less of that other stuff that you said. In there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a the watermelon, ice. blackberry, lime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's have a look at that. I've got some. Um, oh, this this tonic smells very similar. <laughs> I should put a bit more tonic in, shouldn't I? <laughs> Otherwise, the rest of this I conversation think that's go bad. perfect. Yes, it's a perfect <laughs> substitute. Let me see what that tastes like. Oh, that's very nice, Robert. That is very yeah. nice. And I didn't quite get the red, white, and blue effect, unfortunately. Mine's, uh, no, you might not. You might not with the tonic. The tonic, I mean, you'll have the white there, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, I, I do. And I, I guess the white symbolizes something or other good. Hmm, in, indeed. Uh, in Surrender, the... maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, um, and what did you call that? I call that the watermelon margarita. That's very nice. And yeah. um, and this week, where would we be drinking those? I know that we're a little bit more out of lockdown than we have been in previous shows, but still, where 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 would you like to go with this one? Oh, you know, there is a place. It's funny. I was thinking about this this weekend. Um, one of my favorite places on the planet is, of course, Hawaii, and specifically Kauai, and specifically on Kauai, a place called Hanalei Bay. Wow. We used to rent this little house there on Hanalei Bay and spend a week or so there. And it's just an amazing, wonderful place. Wow. Well, and um, as we were saying before we started recording about me trying to tell a story that inserts me into this thing, <laughs> I've never been to Hawaii. And the only thing I know about Hawaii is, is watching Magnum P.I. So is that anything like it? It's absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's the thing about so So Magnum P.I. and Hawaii Five O are all filmed on Wahoo, uh -huh. which is a wonderful place i don't want to you know put all the yeah. um put it down or anything but uh Kauai is the so Kauai think of jurassic park um in oh, terms wow. of it's the most lush and and uh and it's and it's the oldest of the islands yeah. um certainly of the populated islands and as such it's just you know it's dramatic you know waterfalls and it's got the big pink wow. cliffs and all of that and hanalei bay is on the northern edge of that and it's just one of those little tiny calm bays where the water is, you know, five feet deep at its deepest and you just, and it's calm and it's beautiful and you step out of your house and you walk onto a white uh -huh. sand beach and walk into the water. It's just Google pictures of Hanalei Bay and you'll see what I mean. Oh, wow. Not, yeah, that, sound, that sounds amazing. And you, you, I mean, you live somewhere, which is really quite nice anyway, for, and for you to talk about these places which such you know so, so enthusiastically just goes to show the beauty of these places as well so that's, that's really nice and so um so we're, we're drinking these these wonderful drinks um and uh, overlooking this are we we're overlooking the beach on with the with the lush forest behind us um what are we chatting about you know the thing that i've been thinking about lately is this idea of big ideas, right? And how we can actually start to leverage technology a little better to allow for the time and, and, and space of that. You know, I had a, a friend of mine, a colleague way, way, way back 20 years ago, he was a computer programmer, a coder. Um, and he was trying to teach me to code, which didn't stick, of course. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing was he said to me, you know, something that I've never forgotten. Actually, I've got it, you know, I have it written down in several places because I loved it so much. He said, when you're writing code, 
basically, you know, in any computer technology, you're doing one of two things. You're either reading data or you're writing data. Mm -hmm. And he said, now, if anything happens in between those two actions, that's all on me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought that was just a really interesting idea because it's yeah. sort of a metaphor for where yeah. we are with marketing technology right yeah. now, yeah. which is, you know, we're using technology to read faster, to write faster, to do all the things that we do faster and faster. And we just squeeze down this moment of thinking and creativity to this nothingness. Mm -hmm. And we're not leaving a lot of time in there for doing anything interesting. Mm -hmm. And if anything interesting is going to happen in the in-between times when we use technology, it's all on us. And so if we don't really start to look at that, we're going to let technology sort of drive marketing strategy and just lose a lot of the artistic and creative, uh, you know, nature of it. And so I, it's something I've been thinking about lately. And one that, you know, as I dive a little deeper into MarTech, um, and our sort of over dependence on it, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, we've talked about this for me about finding the time to be creative. Yeah. Um, and, and we get so consumed with setting up the landing pages with defining the data with entering the rules and doing all that stuff the actual copy the creative that we're sharing it, it, you spend a moment on that enter content here is the old refrain isn't it from from the old yeah. content management from the old website hovering thing. over the back button as it were yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and so um i think um yeah that's a, that's a really good thought so it's it's about us marketers putting our creative brains in the middle of this thing yeah absolutely yeah. you know it's it's allowing ourselves, it's giving ourselves the time to start balancing some of that, mm -hmm. you know, in our, in our daily work. You know, it's, it, we get so lost in the idea of being busy and equating yeah. busy with productive yeah. that we, we forget the fact that, you know, as marketers, as communicators, one of the things that makes us most productive is the size of our ideas. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you've heard me bang on about the hamster wheel of marketing, right? Is that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's it right there. That's it right there. Well, that's a fabulous thought. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Um, is it something you've written about on your blog? I, it has indeed. Thank you very much. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Which, of course, you can find at contentadvisory.net. Splendid. And where can people find you? Uh, you know, I'm all over social media. Um, I have, um, you know, successfully <laughs> garnered my fair share of the Google SERP, <laughs> as they call them, um, uh, as the kids call them these days. So uh, <laughs> Robert underscore Rose on Twitter. And if you're on LinkedIn, just search and you'll find me. I'm easy to find. Splendid. Well, thank you for joining me, Robert. Thank you. <laughs> See you next week. All right. Cheers. Thank you, Robert. As we referred to in the conversation, you can hear more of those dulcet Texas tones on his weekly rap podcast without me interrupting and ruining his drinks. And he also shares his regular insight on the content advisory blog. And I'll include links to both those in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. All right, then, that's it. The end of episode 18. And thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and driving along with us. Thanks again to Robert, to Jasmine, and to our wonderful Rockstar CMO contributing community. And of course, to you. Thank you for listening. What do you think? Does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'd love to get your feedback. Is this format working for you? Is there anything I should add? 
You can find us at rockstarcmo.com or at rockstarcmo on Twitter and LinkedIn. Or you can find me on both those platforms at Ian Truscott. Or drop us a like or a review in your preferred podcasting platform. Next week, I'm chatting to Emily Binder, Chief Strategist of Beetle Moment Marketing, a voice-first consultancy. Very much looking forward to that conversation, as I think this is an area we all need to start thinking about. Until then, I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO, and I hope you'll again join us next week here at Rockstar CMO FM. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.